Good morning, everyone. Hope you have a wonderful day. We continue. We left off chapter four in Yuma, page forty-three, a on the top, first line. So now he continues to expound the verses. And the no, but I'm giving you. We're talking about the red heifer, and he slaughters the red heifer. Well, you can bring him. You shouldn't. You shouldn't. Uh, you're not allowed to slaughter another paradum. It has to be one at a time. Lefanov, the Pasik says Lefanov, Lidav, like we learned yesterday. Lidav, what does Lefanov mean? Like on the other day. Meaning that the that Elazar is the one who slaughters it. According to Rav, an Israelite can slaughter it. And it means means Lefanov means it has to be in his face, he has to be present of mind while he's doing it. Comes to teach us, no, that Elazar does not have to be the one that's slaughtering it. It, just, it could be anyone else, even an Israelite who's slaughtering it in front of him. And the verse continues, Elazar takes from the blood of the red heifer with his finger, according to Shmuel. That says that anyone could slaughter it. So that's what he has to say when it comes to receiving the blood. La dure la lazar. Now, now we need a lazar. La dure la lazar. Now we're saying that from this point on, this slaughter could be done by anyone, even an Israelite. But from this point on, receiving the blood, this point it must be a lazar. That's why the pasuk returns. That's why the pasuk repeats. Not a repeat. From this point on, the lazar himself has to do everything. Because if you would say just he slaughtered and he took the blood, you would say the same one who slaughtered. He's the one who takes the blood. Who slaughtered? According to, to Shmuel, uh, an Israelite. So you can't say that's what the pasuk says. A lazar, only a lazar can take the blood. Lirav, according to Rav, why does he have to repeat a lazar? According to Rav, even the slaughtering is only done by a lazar. So why does he have to say his name again? He should have just said the lakach and let him take. We're, we're, of course, we're referring to a lazar. Why does the Pazik have to say a lazar? Hmm. Because since the Torah says twice, one after the other, to exclude, on the contrary, when the Torah says twice to exclude, it's just coming to add. And to teach, it doesn't have to be a high priest, but even, even a Kayin Hadid, a regular Kayin could also, could also receive the blood. This is the case of, remember we started out, that, that when the Pasuk is taking away from the previous implication, the next Pasuk comes to teach us the previous Pasuk would have implied one way, comes the next verse and says no. The previous verse, according to Shmuel, anyone could slaughter us. So I would think anyone could receive the blood, so I need the next verse to say no. From now on, only, only a lazar, according to the, the previous Pasuk says only a lazar can slaughter the animal. But I would think he also has to receive the blood. He says, no, even a regular kind could receive the blood. <laughs> then the oh. puzzle continues. It's <laughs> Erez. Then the kind takes a cedar wood. The Ezev, a grass called Ezev. And a tongue of wool dyed in red. And he throws it into the fire. They burn it all together. With the red heifer. And then that, that becomes the ashes. The Shmuel, according to Shmuel. Even a regular coin. That's why he says, Hakoyen. He's coming to teach me that even a regular coin.
Because previously it says, well, like I would say only a lazar could receive the blood, not any kind. So that's what the Pasuk has to tell me. So that's a wrong implication. So the Pasuk comes to tell me to take away from that wrong implication, to remove me from that wrong implication, and to teach it me right. That's what he says. He's, he's taking away the Pasuk from the implied implication of the previous verse, and he says, no, any koyin. I said, lakach koyin. doesn't say a lazar, it says a koyin, any koyin. That's according to Shemur, according to Rav. I feel okay now, Rav. It's I need the puzzle. Why does the puzzle have to say According to Rav, the previous puzzle already teaches me that any koyin can do it. Because if we would just say take the the word, it wouldn't say koyin. I would think anyone can take it. What's the point of the three uh, cedar wood? Person? No, that's what the Torah said. That's part. That's that's what makes up the the. the that's what the Torah says. You have to throw the ashes. Yeah, you have to burn it together with the wrapper. And that ashes, you take the wellspring water and you mix it. And that ashes, you sprinkle that. That's the essential. That these are the ingredients. That's what the Torah says. Yes. Okay. So he says, but according to the, according to Rav, what does it come to teach me? Why does he have to say Akoyin? Rav, it's the he needs it. I would think even the lav gufa the paranino. Maybe here, if we just say, not I would say, I don't need a coin for this. But it's not part of the red heifer. That's what he's asking. Why does he have to say the word priest? If he wouldn't say the word priest, according to that, we already know we're talking about the priest. So why why any priest? So why does he have to say, because if the title would not say, I would say, for this part, you don't need a coin at all. Anyone, because it's not part of the red heifer. Anything associated with the red heifer, you need a coin. Slaughtering, receiving. The blood, the sprinkling, but the adding the cedar wood and the, and the grass and the and the, and the, the, the crimson dyed uh, piece of wool that you don't need. anyone can take. That's what the pasuk has to say. and it must be a And then the pasuk continues. The the the, the, the has to wash his clothes. Meaning, it's an extra pasuk. He should have said, "But he was with God to wash his clothing." The whole pasuk is talking about the koyin. Why does he have to say the koyin? Yeah. I would know he's talking about the koyin, but he's saying the koyin is referring to the clo- the garments that it has to be done with the priestly garments. The koyin has to wash his clothing to teach me that he can't just wear his own personal garments. He must wear the priestly garments because this is a service. So he has to wear the priestly garments. Again, he says the word koyin. Why do you have to repeat again? And he's impure till the evening. So he says koyin. He's coming to teach me that all future generations, all future red heifers must be done with the priestly garments. It's extra. He's coming to teach me that not only that red heifer, which was done, the first red heifer was done with Moshe in the desert, but all future red heifers, the Koyin has to be a Koyin. He has to, when is he called a Koyin? When he's wearing his priestly garments. Till the evening. Okay. This is all well and good according to the opinion that holds, and indeed, all future generations, you could, you could do it with a koyin, a regular koyin. According to the opinion that even future generation has to be done. Remember we said, only there is a lazar who is a deputy. But all future generations is different. 
And we asked, what do you mean different? We learned yesterday. So if one say different is because there any from now going forward, any coin can do it. And the other one says, no, from now going forward, only the high priest can do it. So if only the high priest can do it, if the Torah requires the high priest, surely he has to be wearing all of his garments. Right. Who would think that, no, you know, Kayin Gadol, but he can wear his regular clothing. Because when a Kayin doesn't wear his priestly garments, he's considered like an Israelite. Why? So why would the Torah require a high priest and then tell us he doesn't have to wear his garments? So why does the Torah have to say Kayin? In your right, but yes, I would have figured it out on my own. But whatever, the, anything you can figure out on your own, nevertheless, the Torah writes it in to say it explicitly. So he says, "Koyin explicitly." Yeah. Then the pasuk says, "Ba'asav the A pure person should gather the ashes. Now that you burn, you have the ashes. A pure person should gather. I mean, should leave it. So he says, "Ish Why does it say ish? Says, should have said for a pure person. Why does he say ish? The person who's pure. So ish comes lahachshir to, to qualify as hazor, as hazor. That even ish, any person doesn't have to be a koyin. Even an Israelite could also gather, could also gather the ashes. That's why he changes. Before he says koyin, koyin, koyin. All of a sudden he says ish, a mister, anyone, a person. That even if you're not a Kayan, you can also, you're qualified to gather the ashes. Even a woman? If he would have just said, not ish, I would say it's a continuation of everything he said previously, which is only the Kayan. So that's why he emphasizes, no, ish, anyone could do this. One second, one second, we'll find out in a minute. Patience, very good question. What about a woman? Toy, pure, even a woman, anyone is pure. That's why he qualifies. Ish doesn't just mean a man. It means a general. Any, yeah. right, any, person, any person, as long as they're pure. Because otherwise, obviously, you can't do it in impure. The Torah calls it chatas. The Torah calls it chatas. Certainly, everything has to be done in purity. Because without saying, why is that say Torah? It's coming to say, when I said ish, I mean any ish that's Torah, I mean including a woman. Vinia, you should leave it. Someone who knows what he's doing, who can intentionally decide and critically think, not like those who are brain dead today who can't think anymore, lost the ability to think, but those who have the ability to think and critically think and understand, I'm placing it down intentionally. Yatsu, this comes to exclude. Someone who's deaf and dumb. And shaita, someone who's like mad and saying, you know, what kind of minor? Not any minor. Minor, a very small, a very young minor who has no, no discerning, no, no uh, ability to distinguish and discern to, 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 to deliberately take any action. But any cotton who's a little older knows what he's doing is also qualified to gather, to gather the ashes. Okay, then he continues. Now, and we learn the Mishnah, that's what we learn over there. We learn in Parah, in the, in the Mishnah is a Parah. I'm sorry, we learn in Shah, in, in, yeah, in Hakil, Kshayim, the Kaddish, everyone is qualified to sanctify the water, meaning to mix, to mix the water with the ashes, Chutz, with the exception, Cheresh, someone who's deaf and dumb, Shaita, someone who's very, you know, very low IQ, is a Shaita, a Katan, and. A minor. Who the qualifies a minor? 
But he disqualifies a woman. And someone who's a drajanist, who's both man, man and woman, yeah. so he's also uh, that uh, androgynous is disqualified from mixing the water and the ashes. Hmm. Now the Gemara is explain the argument. My time in the Rabbanon. What's the reasoning? What's the rationale behind the rabbis that a minor is excluded, but a woman is allowed? See, it says, you should take for the poor, for the person who became impure, came in contact with the corpse. Me'afar sreifas achatas from the earth of the burning of the of the chatas of the red heifer. So Hanuf the pasul of basif pasul of bekiddush. He compares the Torah says you should take latame me'afar from the earth sreifas the burning of chatas. Whoever is disqualified from gathering the ashes is also disqualified from mixing the water and the ashes. Hmm. It says you should gather. A pure person should gather, right? That's what we learned earlier. A pure person, right? And that includes everyone. Even the even an Israelite, even a woman, and a minor who knows what he's doing. And it excludes, right? We learned it excludes the, the deaf and dumb. Yeah. You know, some of the shaita, very, very, very low IQ, and and. Um, and and um, no 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 that was Rabbi Huda no I'm talking about the rabbis now oh. and the minor very small young minor because he compares it to the gathering it says after this gathering and it says you should take those that we said earlier are allowed to take allowed to gather those who gather to go and take it to the to the to the one who's impure so it excludes the woman. No, I'm sorry. It includes those that we said earlier are allowed to gather, which is the Israelite and the woman, are allowed to also mix the ashes with the water, but not the cheder shait of a cut. Whoever is allowed to gather, the Tate is continuing saying, well, look, they should take. The ones that I said that just gather is allowed to gather. They should take latomim and mix it with the mix it with the wellspring water. That's the reasoning of the rabbis. But Rabbi Yehuda, what's the rationale of Rabbi Yehuda? He says he argues in Canaan. That's the case. That's what the pasuk means. It's a continuation. those that I said who are allowed to gather, they should go and prepare it, prepare it with the water, mix the ash with the water to sprinkle. That that was the case in Cain. He should have said v'lokach. He should take my v'lokhu. In the plural. Because over there, by gathering, it also says in the in the singular. It says va'asaf ishtar. The previous passage that we just expounded says va'asaf. He should gather in in the singular. So if it's a continuation, that the same one that gathers is the one who mixes the ashes with the water, should have also said in the singular. So the passage changes, switches, switches from singular to plural. That he's coming to expand, he's coming to add. That many more, this st- step of the sta- this stage, this step in the process, we can include. We could be more inclusive. We can add even those who are not qualified to gather the ashes are qualified to mix the ash with the water. 
even a minor. Even no, 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 no. Rabbi Huda saying. One second. No, just the opposite. I feel the cut in the that even you're right, that even a minor, you're right, that even a minor who's there who's a very young minor can't distinguish and, and, and doesn't can't deliberately do anything that I said. He's not allowed to gather the ashes. For mixing the wood and the ashes here is kosher. How do we know a woman is disqualified? Why, why would I say a woman is disqualified? Okay, I understand. The who comes to broaden, to add that even someone who's not kosher, they're not qualified. There, here he is qualified. But how do you know to exclude the woman? So he says Ishuminale because says Vinasan. Here the Torah says Vinasan in, in the masculine. He will play. He will give. Not she. So she's excluded. And that's why a woman and an androgynous, who's both a man and a woman, male and female, so maybe maybe he's considered a woman, therefore he's excluded. How will the rabbis respond to Rabbi argument? Sounds like a compelling argument. So he says, no, the, rab- the rabbis will respond, no, really it is a continuation. Why does the Torah switch from singular to plural? Because the Torah would say, I would think, I would think that it has to be the same person, the same one that gathered the ashes, he must be the one to take the ashes and mix it, mix it with wellspring water. That's what says, well, it could be anyone. It doesn't have to be the same person. Mm-hmm. But nevertheless, we're still referring to the same people who are qualified there, are qualified to here. But it doesn't have to be the same person, mm-hmm. the same category. So even a woman and even a, uh, um, and even only an older minor. If he would have said today, if he would have said they should take and they should take and they should give, you know, give the water and the, and the ash, I would say you need two people. Mm-hmm. It's all plural, right? Right. Well, the other text. So therefore, in the plural, but Nasan, the teachers, the filo shakli today, the yoyvchad, that even if two people take it and only one person places in the water, two people gather it, and one person mixes the ash in the water, it's also good. Yeah. Then the pot says he takes the, the takes the the, uh, the the grass and dips in the water. Ishtar, a person is pure. So lit up according to the rabbis. Ish vela ish. Ish comes to exclude the woman. The rabbis who say that the si- the mixing of the ashes in the water could be done is like the same thing like gathering. It could even be done with a woman. Even someone who's not a Kayan. So here when the title says Ishtar, he can't say he's the same thing. He's coming to qualify that even Ish, even a non Kayan, and even Tayyar a woman. And to disqualify a, 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 a minor. Because that I would know about on my own. Why would the title doesn't have to tell me anything. Why would I think any different? It's a continuation. 
You said the, you said the, they gathered and then they mixed they gathered the ashes. They mixed the water with the ashes. And you should have just said, let him take the same one that we're talking about till now. And the women, the the the, 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 um, the, um, the older minor, the uh, the non uh, the so why why would I why would the Tadeh have to say anything? Mm-hmm. So what, since the Tadeh says ish, so he's coming to teach me ish isha. For the sprinkling, a woman can sprinkle. Tahar, but pure. Obviously, you have to be pure. It's called a chatas. Everything associated with the red heifer has to be pure. Tahar calls it a sin offering, like a chatas. Right. So surely it has to be pure. What says it? Pure comes to add the hachsher sakatan that even a minor. Even though he's not allowed to, he's disqualified from mixing mixing the ashes with the water. Right. But in this case, he's allowed to. Does it also include a chelim to Rabbi Yehuda or Rabbi Yehuda? Ish. Ish comes to tell me v'loy katan. Because again, Rabbi Huda said that a miner is qualified to mix the ashes in the water. She, so he doesn't have to say anything. It's a continuation. If if a miner is okay, let him just continue. Let him take. Why does he say ish? So here is coming to exclude. Not a miner. For sprinkling, a miner is no good. Tar, pure. Obviously, that's the pure. No, is the ish. That a woman is qualified. Rabbi Huda, a woman could, could sprinkle the red ashes, the red heifer, the ashes in the water, the mixture of the red of the ashes of the red heifer in the water on the impure person. So it's just the exact opposite of what he said earlier. In the case of mixing the ashes in the water, a minor is okay, and a woman is not okay, and androgyn is not okay. When it comes to sprinkling, the pastor comes to teach me the exact opposite. A minor is okay, and a woman is not okay. I'm sorry, a minor, a minor, I'm sorry, a minor is not okay and a woman could sprinkle. A woman is okay. According to Rabbi Yehuda. Okay. I'll ask you a question. We learned number I said, Hakul Kshedon Lahaz is everyone qualifies to sprinkle on the, on the contaminated person. Chutz with the exception of Tumtum. And Tumtum is, we're not sure, if he's a male or female, it's covered up. And Dragnus androgynous, the Isha and a woman, a cotton, a minor. A minor, what kind of minor? She'em a, a, a real minor, very young, who doesn't have any 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 discernment, any uh-huh. awareness. Uh-huh. Oh no, we said a cotton. She has a cotton. She'em bedas. Isha mesayate imaza. A young, who's so young, who has no das, so he can sprinkle. But a woman could help him out, even though a woman is not allowed to sprinkle. But if she helps him out. So even though he's so minor, he's yeah. so young, he has no discernment, he's okay. And even if the woman is helping him, but it's, it's the minor who's actually sp- spritzing, spritzing the water, the mixture on the contaminated person. She's just helping out. Helping out doesn't count. Doesn't disqualify. We continue on side B. The late public, Rabbi doesn't argue. Here the Braise says clearly that what? A woman not? And a minor, yes. That's the opinion of the rabbis. That's what he said. The rabbi said. The rabbi says, Ish Torah comes to tell me a woman not. And Torah, even a minor, is very minor. Is very and you said Rabbi Huda argues. If Rabbi Huda argues, Rabbi Huda says the exact opposite. 
Abuda says a woman yes and a minor not. So why doesn't Abuda argue in this Braisa? The Braisa just brings like a unanimous opinion. So you might answer, I'm going to buy Since the master said earlier that all the verses in the in the in the parsha of the red heifer, mashma moitzi. Mashma Miyad Mashma Mashma Some of them mean some of them mean that it comes to remove, take away any misunderstanding that we have we may have had in the previous verse. Mm-hmm. And others no, it's just coming to teach me uh, over here. So therefore I understand the Red who the argues. Even though it doesn't say clearly that who the argues, but ha- it's clear. The mission, the mission doesn't have to spell everything out. The mission already told us that. That everything in the parasha... So since you have to interpret, since you have to interpret each, ver, each word, the mission already laid out that every word and every letter, every word in this, in this uh, parasha is coming to teach us, is coming to exclude what he said earlier. So according to Rabbi Huda, if you follow the logic that we just said, according to Rabbi Huda, when the Pasuk adds that the sprinkling is done, Ishtar... The only way to learn it and understand it is coming to exclude what he said earlier. That earlier, when it comes to the uh, mixing of the ash and the ash and the uh, water, Rabbi Huda said that a woman is disqualified and a minor is qualified. So then the pasuk comes the next pasuk and says comes to take away from and the implication. I would think that that's true also in the case of the sprinkling. The pasuk comes to teach me. Oh, here's the exact opposite. A woman is a woman. Is qualified and a minor is disqualified. Okay. Then the pasuk continues. We're not done yet. Pasuk continues. He's a hatoy The pure one should sprinkle on the tummy. Tummy is extra. The whole pasuk, the whole parsha is talking about someone who's pure. Miklal Torah means that now he's come, now he became pure. He just became pure. This comes to teach us that even someone who became impure, let's say they touched a dead rat, a dead mouse, and they become impure, what do you do? You go to the mikveh, and you don't become fully pure until the sun sets. Only then could you eat truma. Mm-hmm. If it's a kayin, only then you can eat truma. But now he's pure. It's called a tfu yayim. You go to the mikveh while it's still day, and the truma still lingers. Some of the truma lingers regarding the truma. Regarding Maishu Shein, he can eat right away. So he's telling us, it comes to Red Heifer, someone who just became pure. He went to the mikveh. He wasn't pure. He went to the mikveh. He's called to have the status of a tfu yayim. He's qualified to burn, the, to do this service in the Red Heifer. We're teaching, we're involved in learning the, the parish of Paraduma to expound on its verses. They did not. They didn't, they weren't able to expound much. They weren't able to extract. They weren't able to extract much, only as much as a fox is able to extract from a field that's plowed. 
when a field steps on a field that's plowed, he doesn't he doesn't kick up a lot of dust because he has very skinny legs. It's not like a, a, a you know a wild a, a cow running running through kicks up a lot of dust. An elephant running through it's a little little dust. In other words, as much as as, as much as they tried, as hard as they tried to expound and to understand, they couldn't really get into it. They they couldn't get much. The two brother-in-laws together. They couldn't. No, they couldn't. They couldn't learn everything along the same line. They said some verses come to to extract to take away. To remove a misconception that we may have had an impression, a wrong impression we may have had coming from a previous verse, and some of the verses, no, are just coming to teach me halacha on the spot. Or they tried to even out all the psukim. Either all of them are coming to exclude from the previous, or all of them stand alone. And they said, no, we couldn't. Some of them are this way, and some of them are the other way. Okay. So, okay, we continue. All slaughtering could be done by anyone. All slaughtering, even in the temple, we learned even the bull of the of the, of the high priest and the yom kippur could be done by any by a zar. Israelite, you don't even need a kayak. Chutz Michel Parra, except you don't need a kayak. Chutz Michel Parra, except for the red heifer. Amalei Rabbi Yechon, Rabbi Yechon said to the Tana, "Puk Tana Levra, go out of the base of Medrash. It's not right. There's nothing in the world that an Israelite can slaughter, including the red heifer. That's not law. Rabbi Yechon and lay me boil the Tana." Not only didn't he accept the Tana's position that was learning in front of him, even his own teacher he doesn't listen to. We learned earlier, his Rebbe taught that the Shkita of a Parra by an Israelite disqualifies it. Huh. I disagree with my Rebbe. I say it's kosher. Shchita is always kosher. Anyone could do shchita. Everything else is different. What follows is different. Okay, then we continue. It said in the Mishnah, then the, after they drew lots, the, the high priest would go back to his bull and he would confess again for the entire household of the Kohen. The first confession was just for himself and his family. Now he's confessing for the, all the kind. Why in the first confession he doesn't say, and your sons of Aaron, your holy nation. In the second confession, he says, and the sons of Aaron, your holy people. That's the correct way to do it. That's correct. First, you have to be pure yourself. If you're coming to defend someone who's guilty, you, you yourself have to, right? You have to be holy yourself. Yeah. So first, Aaron has to cleanse himself. 
You know, all those that try to save the world and want to change the whole world and save the whole world. Or save yourself. Or save yourself. No, no, you have to save the world. But if you want to be effective in saving the world, you think the other person is impressed by what your sermons, what you say, how clever you are, how, how brilliant you are, how eloquent you are. People look at how you live. Do you walk the walk? Do you talk the talk? Are you just talking the talk? If you change yourself, and you're talking from your heart, you're talking to yourself and talking from the heart, then you're going to have an effect on the other kind. Here I'm changing the whole world, and you yourself, you don't have your own, your own house in order. In your own personal struggles, you're nowhere, you can't do anything, but you expect the other person to change his life. And you demand, but you're not changing anything in your own life. Ridiculous. Change yourself, get your act together, then you'll have the biggest influence on everyone else. Mm-hmm. Look, you can't set a crook to get a tofu, right? <laughs> We're talking about crooks, talking about the unintentional sins, but, but you, have to, you have to clean yourself. How, how do you think the Rebbe changed the whole world? You know, how does the Rebbe create the Baltruva movement? You know how he created it? You know how he started it? With his own shluchim. Because it was unheard of. Take a, 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 a Jew, leave his community, a Hasidic Jew, leave his environment, his warm environment, leave New York, Go to the end of the world. He's the only observant Jew in the whole city. Raise your children there. It's it's like revolutionary. It's a sacrifice. There's no kosher milk. There's no kosher food. There's nothing, and you're all alone. So when the, when the shluch, his shluch, his personal emissary had that self-sacrifice, were ready. They love your fellow Jew like yourself. They're ready to sacrifice themselves and their wives and their children, and ready to inconvenience themselves. So when the other Jews saw, wow, this is for real. Love your fellow Jew like yourself. It's for real. It's not just talk. Very nice words. You're sitting comfortably in your house and you're in your shtibble. Yeah. I love my fellow Jew like myself. You know, meanwhile, he's dying from assimilation. Right. But here, if you're ready to sacrifice yourself and give me oh, this is for real. So. So they slaughtered. Anyone could slaughter, right? We just said anyone could slaughter. But the high priest has to receive a Mizrak and the pitcher is done by the blood. Of this bowl, he gives it a mishum and he gives it to a kohen who's going to mix it. It shouldn't congeal to keep mixing it. Allah reva the revi and the fourth step. If it shouldn't congeal. Then not the Then he took a pan. He went to the top of the altar, the outer altar. And he moved the coals here and there. And he took from the inner coals that were that were totally on fire. And then he went down and he put the pan with coals also on the fourth step. Every day he would, he would collect the coals because every day they had to burn the incense on the altar from the coal of the, of the outer altar. So every day he would, the, the pan was made of silver. And he would, and he would pour it into the... Uh, he would take from silver... And then uh, pour it out into the uh, into a golden golden pan. Yeah. He would take with a golden pan, a boy machnes, and and he wouldn't transfer it over. And that he would use that same pan to enter into the holy of holies. Every day throughout the year, the koyin was doing the incense. He gathers four kavin of of coals, and he takes it and he, he transfers it to a pan which is smaller, only three kavin. He's only using one pan, the pan of gold, and it's a measurement of three kavin. And he used the, the same pan to enter into the holy of holies. 
says, Every day he would gather the amount of a saw, six kavan. And then he would transfer it to a pan of silver, which was a gold, which was half, half of it, three kavan. Today, he gathered in a pan of gold, which was three kavan, and he would use and he would enter the very same pan, no transfer. Every day the pan was heavy. Today was very light, very light gold. Was a short handle. Aruka was a long handle. Every day of the year, the gold was like green gold. Today was Edom, red gold. Why did it have to have a long, a long handle? Because remember, he had to hold the pan, put the handle between his, his arms, and pour it out. Pour, pour the. Um, the uh, incense into his into his uh, into his hands. So he had to hold he had to hold it with his arm. He was all alone. Nobody could help him. Otherwise, if someone else could pour it into his hands, he puts his hands. No, from from he only has two hands, and he has to hold his hands. So how does he get from the from the pan into his? You have to hold the pan, and yeah, it's a trick. Yeah, it's a tricky. Uh... Gold is much more precious. Red gold is much more precious than green gold. Much more expensive. That's the opinion of Rabbi Menachem. Every day, half of the half of the measurement of the incense would be in the morning, and half he would offer in the afternoon. Here, in addition to that. He adds a fistful. He has to take a fistful of incense and, and, and burn it in the Holy of Holies. In addition, addition to the regular incense, which you do every day, including on Yom Kippur, half in the morning, half in the afternoon. But here, in addition, we added more, more of the incense that we burned in the Holy of Holies. Every day, every day it was very thin. In other words, they, they ground it very, very thin. Here it was thin of thin. They ground it again. They returned it back to the grinder to make it even thinner. Huh. This is on Yom Kippur. Yeah. So Yom Kippur, the day before Yom Kippur, they return it to the grinder and make it even thinner. And that's what they, it was very fine, very fine. Wow. Every day, whenever the Kainim would go up into the altar, they would go up on the east side of the altar, which is facing the entrance, entrance of the of the courtyard of the temple. And they would go down on the west side. The Kainim goes up in the middle, in the center, and he goes down in the center. So when, you, when you're facing the altar, the east is to your right. Mm-hmm. So therefore, so whenever you have to turn, remember we learned every every turn that you make has to be to the right. So since you have to go to the right, therefore he, he enters the ramp, he climbs the ramp, he goes, he stands in the eastern side, so he goes right to the right. Okay. 
and then he goes around the altar, and then when he goes down, he goes down to, on the left side to the west. But, the high, but the, today, the high priest, you're showing him respect. You're showing him how beloved the Jewish people are. Because he is their emissary. He's the agent for the entire Jewish people. So he's making himself like he's at home. So when he comes, when he comes to, to go up to the Mizbeah to give the blood. So, so. Center of the ramp. And Abihuda says, Not only in Yom Kippur, every day. Right. This display of familiarity demonstrates God. So Rashi is saying that a regular priest only walks at the edge. He walks at the edge of the altar to the right. And then he goes around and comes down and he walks on the, uh, on the other side, on the edge. The high priest walks right in the center so he can walk the whole width. He's like at home. I'm not limited to the edge, only walk at the edge. You know, I can walk like at my home. I walk in the center. I can, I can traverse the whole, the whole altar. Every day, every day, so the high priest sanctifies his hands from the kier, from the wash basin. Today, from a special uh, jug of, of gold, special. Who argues? He says every day, not only on Yom Kippur. The kain gadol is special, is unique. So he doesn't have to wash with the wash basin like everyone else. From a special drug, golden drug. Every day he had four bonfires on the altar. He added one for the special the burning of the incense that was done in the Holy of Holies. Every day for three. Every day was three. Today is four. Yeah, add one. Every day had two bonfires. The mother will explain the three-way argument. Mayor says every day had four. Rabbi Yosef says every day had three. And Rabbi Huda says every day you only had two. So, you know, we'll stop over here. Everyone have a wonderful.